listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message comes from our Saturday night service in Brea, California. We pray these messages will build your faith and encourage you today. The heart matter that we're talking about is honor. And honor is, it's a core value of who we are. When we say we are refinery, we are people of honor. But what does that mean? Well, we've been digging into the Bible for the last few weeks to to just to determine and and discover what it really means to honor. That honor is more than just receiving an award for doing something good. Honor, as, as is defined, we've defined it simply like this. Can we all say this together? Ready, begin. Attributing value, showing preference. Honoring someone or something or an organization is attributing value, placing value in it or her or him and showing preference, giving preference to that person or that organization. And when biblical honor, when this kind of honor becomes part of your lifestyle, becomes part of the culture of your world, you will start to see things turn around in a very positive way. You'll start to see your reputation increase. Matter of fact, uh, I uh, got a message from my, um, my, previous, uh, my previous landlord over in uh, Newport Beach where we used to live. We just moved over here to Brea. And I just got a message from my, um, my previous landlord. And he was saying how much he misses our family. And, and I was like, wow, I wonder why he misses us. They've got a great tenant in there. The new tenant's paying even more money because he gave us a killer deal. He got full price with the new tenant. And he just, he just was texting me saying, you always took care of the home. You always paid your rent on time. You, were all, you never complained. You were always thankful. Thank you for honoring me. And I realized, man, this guy didn't need to message me. He didn't need to reach out to me. But, but we have a reputation. And because we honored them, it, it improved my reputation with another person in the city of Newport Beach. When you do that, when, you, when honor is part of your lifestyle, your reputation will improve, relationships will improve, your boss will take positive notice of you because you're a person that's living as a person of honor. Now, well, that's the first time that's ever happened. (laughs) Somebody upstairs having a good time. (laughs) The last couple of weeks, we discovered that, that, that the first person, the first thing, the first place that we attribute honor is it starts with God right here. And here's what, God, here's what it says. Those who honor me, God says, I will honor. What God says is there are rewards when we give honor and it starts with him. When we honor God, he honors us. Think about that. The God of the universe, the one who owns the cattle on all the hills, the gold in every mountain. Uh, uh, this God of the universe says, if you'll honor me, I'll honor you. That's incredible when you think about that. That makes me want to go, okay, God, I want to honor you. I want to honor you. We honor, now how do you honor God? It says this in Matthew 6, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When you seek first God, when you put him first, then you honor him. You honor him. God first, his work first, his mission first. When we put him first in our life, when we put him on the throne of our life, we're honoring him. And when we do that, he honors us. 
Take a look at this next slide. God. Everybody say God. God above all, first and foremost, he is the one that we honor. It starts with him. But check this out. And this is what we're going to dig into this week and next week. It doesn't end with him. It doesn't end with God. Because the Bible says, Jesus actually said these words. He said the greatest commandment in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God. Everybody say love God. Love God. God. Honor God. Love God. And love people. Jesus says, love God and love others. Love God and love others. Everybody say, love God. Love Love others. others. Honor God. Honor others. others. See, Jesus says that we start with God, but it doesn't end there. There are others that we need to honor and love. The Bible says in Romans 12, 10, it says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in doing what? Honoring each other. Take delight. Look forward to it. Make a way. To, a matter of fact, one translation says, look for ways to outdo each other in honor. It's kind of the picture of uh, two guys at a dinner table, and they went out to dinner together, and uh, one of the guys says, oh, I'll pay for it. And the other guy says, no, 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 I'll pay for it. Have you ever seen something like that happen? No, I'll pay for it. And they kind of go back and forth. I'll pay for it. No, I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. The idea of trying to outdo one another and not, no, let me. And, and if it's genuine and it's authentic, it's fun to watch. I used to be a waiter and uh, I used to love watching guys do this. And I could actually tell which guy was really sincere and the other guy was just like, no, 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 let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me. <laughs> but there were some times that it almost became a stalemate. And sometimes they would say to me, Kelly, you decide who's going to pay. And as the waiter, I'd be like, well, who tips better? <laughs> and I'm going to choose you. And that would leave it out. That would, that would kind of end the argument right there. Outdo one another in honor. So when we look at who are the others, take a look at this slide. Others, I've put them into three different groups for the sake of talking about who and how to extend honor and the rewards that come from it. These three groups start up at the top with those who are the overseers, those who are the boss, those authorities in our life, the overseers, the employers, there are supervisors, how to honor them. Then to the right, oh, back it up, sorry. Then to the right, it's those who need our care, those who are, who are responsible for, like our children, those are employees, those who serve us. Again, talking about being a waiter, you know, honoring those who serve you. And those who are broken, hurting, and less fortunate. That's the ones that are there on the right. Over there on the ones on the left, you can see those are the ones that we extend our hand to. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the other way around, isn't it? Left and right. Sorry. (laughs) I'm working this way. You're working this way. The ones on the left are the ones that that we're caring for. The ones on your right... Are those, those are the ones that you extend your hand out that, that you have relationship with. Those are the ones that uh, are your family, your peers, your friends, your coworkers. Kind of picture it like this. The head and your two hands. Those who are over you and those that you're extending a hand of help and those that you're extending a hand of care and compassion to. These are the groups that we're honoring. And I'm going to talk about the first group tonight. Now we can throw up that slide. Those who are over us. Those in authority. Everybody say, dun, dun, dun. Yes, I know. Here it is. The conversation about honoring our authority. Now, when we talk about that, 
if you're a good American, you start to go, what? Authority? We're Americans. We don't honor authority in America. We rebel against oppressive authoritarians because that's what we Americans are. Since the beginning and the founding of our country, we rebelled against tyrannical, abusive authorities. It's in our DNA. So it's hard to have a conversation about what God says, how we should honor those above us. Especially today, when we see all over the media how flawed our authorities are. Because they're human, right? Because they make mistakes. And oftentimes, sadly, many of them are motivated by impure motivations, which can cause us to become cynical, can cause us to want to pull back, can cause us to not fulfill God's mandate to honor those who are over us. Yes, when the authority is tyrannical, abusive, or just plain evil, we have a right and a responsibility to stand up for righteousness to stand up for those things that are right. Even Jesus Christ himself stood up against religious leaders of his time and spoke to their shortcomings. They were called the Pharisees. And he spoke out against them. And the reason he spoke out against them is because they were taking God's word and they were twisting it for their benefit. They were manipulating God's laws for their own benefit and literally sending people to hell. So, of course, Jesus stood up and spoke against that. But Jesus Christ and his word endorses, and not only endorses, but commands us to honor those in authority. And there is a blessing from God that comes when we honor those in authority. And I want to talk a little bit about how that works because some of you in here right now going, do you just mean to blindly follow without questioning? No, that's not what we're talking about. Honor is attributing value and showing preference. It's not just blindly following. It's not just checking your brain at the door and being some sort of drone and saying, okay, I'll do whatever. That in itself is not honoring. That's not honoring you or your family or honoring the Lord. But let me talk a little bit about the blessing that comes from honoring authority. And I want to use an example found in scripture uh, about a, a, a soldier. Soldiers understand authority. So that might be a really good example. It's about a Roman soldier and it's, his story is found right there. We put it on the screen in the book of Matthew. And this is an encounter that Jesus Christ has with this Roman soldier. Jesus comes into a town called Capernaum. And as he comes into this town called Capernaum, he has this interaction with a Roman military officer. I'm going to read to you this little interaction, then we're going to talk a little bit about it. Take a look up on the screen. You can follow along with me as I read. Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13 say this. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, okay, that's the first, that's the first sign right there. This Roman soldier says to Jesus, Lord. Okay, that right there is a sign. Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I love Jesus' response immediately, I will come and heal him. Boom. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. 
Pause there for a second. Now, why would he say that he's not worthy? He's a Roman soldier. He, Rome was the conquering empire and Jerusalem, Israel, was the conquered people. Why would this Roman soldier say, I'm not worthy to come into your house? Because he knew that Jews considered the Gentiles unclean. And so for this Roman to come, or for, the, for, 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 for Jesus to come into a Roman house the Roman would say, I'm not worthy because, because your laws would say that, that I'm unclean. So he's even affirming Jesus's laws, Jesus's religious rituals as higher than his own. This Roman soldier. So Jesus hears this and Jesus is processing this. Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go. Come and they come. And if I say to my servants, do this, they do it. So this man gets authority, right? He understands authority. When Jesus heard this, I love this verse 10. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Verse 13, then Jesus turns back and says to the Roman officer, go back home. Because you believed, it has happened. And the young servant was healed the same hour. Amen? Isn't that good? Now listen, the Romans occupied Israel. They were the empire that ruled. But this Roman centurion, and a Roman centurion at this point, just to help you guys understand contextually, that would be very similar to a, um, a colonel in the Marines, okay? So he was like a colonel in the Marines. He had uh, people above him, and he had troops below him. As a matter of fact, a Roman legion consisted of approximately 6,000 soldiers. They were typically under one main commander, under the one main commander would have been 60 centurions. And those 60 centurions would have been responsible for 100 men. So you kind of see, this was one of those 60. So he was in the middle. The officer understood what it meant to give directions. And he honors Jesus. He acknowledges Jesus's authority as even higher than his authority. And he honors him, a Jewish carpenter. And then he goes on to express his understanding of authority, right? The officer understood that when he gives directions, when he's given directions, he honors his authority and he does it. And he expects that when he gives directions to those who are serving with him, that they will honor him and fulfill that, call, uh, that, that, that command as well. And so he says to Jesus, Jesus, just say the word. Just say the word, because I understand what authority means. You say the word, and it will happen. And he acknowledges the authority of heaven. And there was a blessing that flowed from heaven because this man understood what it meant to honor. And he honors Jesus, and Jesus, in turn, honors him. What's the Bible say? If we'll honor God... He will honor us. This Roman centurion, this Gentile who was not part of the chosen people demonstrated, according to Jesus, 
more faith than anybody else he'd experienced on his 30 years on earth. More faith than John the Baptist. More faith than Mother Mary. More faith than anybody else in Israel. That's what Jesus just said. More faith in that Roman soldier. How humbling that must have been for those Jewish followers of Jesus who are following Jesus going, you're saying he has more faith than me? And Jesus says, yes, he does. Because he understands the lines of authority and he understands the blessings that come. And he demonstrated that by operating in faith, saying, Jesus, just say the word and it will be done. That's faith. And he honored Jesus and in turn, Jesus honored him. Listen, Jesus doesn't exaggerate. The words of Jesus were clear and concise. There's more faith in this man than all of Israel. And he makes this powerful statement to this man who demonstrated and acknowledged honor. The reward he received was his servant was supernaturally healed. You see, there's a blessing that comes. When we honor those in authority, it opens up the blessings of heaven and it demonstrates our faith and trust in God. Throughout scripture, God gives us numerous commands to honor those who are over us, those in authority. Here's a couple of them. Let me show you. Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Take a look what it says. Matter of fact, let's all read this together. It'd be good for us to just charge this atmosphere with God's word. Ready, begin. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. We hate this. For all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. That is hard to accept. You mean some of these senators, some of these Congress people, some of these mayors? God has allowed and to be in place. Now, does it mean that they're righteous? No. Not every authority is godly. But every civil authority, according to Scripture, is appointed by God. We may not understand God's plan and His purpose, but God even uses the wicked and the unrighteous to accomplish His plans here on earth. He does. In honoring our authority, we honor God because he appoints. I'm going to talk about in a few minutes how we can honor our civil authorities, even when we don't agree. Even when we don't agree. But I want to show you another group right here. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 1. Take a look what, what Paul says to Timothy. He says, let's all read it together. Ready? Begin. All servants should show honor to their masters so they will not bring shame on the name of the Lord and his teaching. You could replace that nowadays with all employees should show honor to their employers. All students should show honor to their teachers. All servants should show honor to their masters so they will not bring shame on the name of God and his teaching. This is the case for employees, teachers, coaches, employers, teachers, coaches, and other social relationships where we have somebody over us. Scripture is very clear. Honor them. Honor them. And here's another one, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 13. This is in regard to spiritual leaders. Take a look at verse 21. Verse 21? 12, sorry. Verse 12 says this. Dear brothers and sisters, 
Honor those who are your teachers in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and they give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. I I love that one, that last line right there. As a pastor, it's like, this was almost like a gift to every pastor. It's like, could you guys just get along, please? Live peacefully with each other? Because that right there blesses your pastor. One of the reasons why I acknowledge Christina tonight as pastor is because she's an overseer. She's a spiritual leader of our congregation. And so I wanted to honor her and honor her before all of you. See, your spiritual leaders watch out for your soul. They watch out for your spiritual health. They lay awake at night thinking about you, praying for you, your marriage, your jobs, your relationships. And, and when you miss a couple of weeks, if they ask where you are, it's not because they, they need butts in the seats. It's because they're genuinely concerned. Is everything okay? I haven't seen you in a while. It's not because the leader needs numbers or they need to report to a certain higher source. They're saying, we genuinely care for you. And when we honor these authorities, when we honor our civil authorities, when we honor our overseers, we honor God. And we're inviting his blessing into the situation. And I know, now this is, this is in the back of my mind and probably in the back of your mind. Yeah, Kelly, but what about those authorities who manipulate, who take advantage, who abuse or tell you to do something that is wrong? Do I just do what they say? The Bible gives us clear direction on how to respond to wicked, evil overseers. It's called sin. There are numerous times in Scripture when people of God were commanded to do something that was against God's ways. And they rose up and they stood up, but they did it in ways that still exhibited honor. Here's one example. A guy by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. Everybody say Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. Love that name. King Nebuchadnezzar. I say I love that name, but he was a wicked king. Still, it's a really cool name, Nebuchadnezzar. Listen to what Nebuchadnezzar did. He decreed that everyone was to bow down. This takes place in the Old Testament. Everyone, uh, don't show the scripture yet because that'll jump ahead. Let's back that up here. Thank you. I don't want to get, I don't want to lose my, my uh, the punch. <clears throat> he decreed that everyone was to bow down and worship a statue, a statue of him. Talk about being a little egotistical. We're going to make a statue of me, and everybody's going to bow down and worship me. Well, there were three guys that said, we can't do that, because God's law says not to worship any other God. And so these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, said, we can't do that. We can't do that. And so they didn't. They didn't. They disobeyed the king. Now, you might say, well, hold on, Kelly. Are they, then they're dishonoring him. No, they didn't. They stood up for what was right. The king was outraged, and he had them brought before him, and he was ready to punish them, and he did. But listen to their response when he began to say, if you don't do this, you will die. Listen to their responses, and this is where they demonstrate honor. Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. 
If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, which was the threat, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power. Here it is, your majesty. Let's continue. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the golden statue you have set up. Do you see where they honored him? They acknowledged, oh, you're king, you're king, your majesty. They continued to honor him. They didn't say, you wicked dog, you evil jerk of a king, you stupid, bald, blah. Now, see, we laugh, but you jump on Twitter? What's being said about our civil authorities? Without any kind of truth, all sorts of vile stuff is being spoken about our civil authorities. You see, we get an example of how a wicked king is calling his people to bow down and disobey God, and they stand up for righteousness. See, it's not about not standing up for righteousness. You should stand up for righteousness, but you can do it with honor. You see? You see? Doesn't, they stood firm. They stayed obedient to God's laws, yet they still honored. They didn't call him a tyrant. They didn't call him wicked and evil and hate-filled. They called him your majesty, and they honored him, his position as king. You can stand up for what is right, but you can do it with honor and respect. This teaching comes at a very, very important time in the history of our, of our country. This Tuesday is, is election days, our midterm elections. And my heart for you and my heart for our country is that we would be a, prayer, a prayerful people and we would vote according to God's ways. I've given you a lot to chew on and we don't have a whole lot of time tonight. But I want to give you just some simple ways before you go home, simple ways that you can honor those who are over you. Does that sound good? How can we do this, Pastor Kelly? Let's start with our civil authorities. When it comes to civil authority, oftentimes there isn't a lot of personal interaction. It isn't like you're going to go have a meeting with President Trump right now. Um, maybe you will. Maybe you have some sort of uh, influence that you would have a, a, a meeting with President Trump or some of our civil leaders. Most of us, though, won't. So how do we demonstrate honor to those who are over us in civil authority? It's a four-letter word. It's not H-A-T-E. It's P-R-A-W. Pray. What did I say? P-R-E? Yeah, pray. pray. P-R-A-Y. Hold on. Pra. P-R-A-Y, pray. I apologize for that. How can we do this? Look what the Bible says. Paul instructs Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Give thanks for them. Wow. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and, look at that word, 
dignity. Everybody say dignity. We, as followers of Jesus Christ, should be defined by the way we are dignified, how dignified we are living, not hate-filled, not running our mouth and jumping on Twitter and blasting out all sorts of garbage, but people who are, live with dignity and godliness. Verse 3 says, this is good and pleases God our Savior. See that? Pray. Start by praying. In Proverbs, it says that God I love this. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1. I don't have it up here. It says that God can turn the heart of the king. When you pray and you honor your authorities, you're saying, God, I invite you into our country, into our community, into our, our land, into our government. And Lord God, your will be done in their lives and in the lives of our country. God can turn the hearts of the king, it says in Proverbs 21.1. This means that we should be praying that God's will would be done and for our leaders to seek him and listen to him. I pray for our president. I pray for our governor regularly saying, God, surround them with people who speak your truth and that they would have ears to hear that truth and act on it. We should pray that they would be surrounded by godly counsel and most importantly, that our leadership would personally know God and the salvation that is found in Jesus Christ. You should be praying for our leaders that they would know Jesus Christ, call out to him and be led by him. This is how we can honor our civil authorities. You understand? I hope you get that. And God will bless you for that. He'll bless our country for that. He'll bless our community for that. Okay, now let me give you five practical ones for you students, for you employees. Uh, check this out. And you're a note taker, you're gonna love this. These are five practical ways to honor those who are in direct authority over you, such as bosses, teachers, coaches, parents. Five simple ways to honor those who are above you. Number one is what? Be integrous. You want to honor those who are above you? Then do what you say you're going to do. Did you hear me? Now, this is dad talking. This is, this is Pastor Dad Kelly. Do what you say you're going to do. You want to honor those who are in authority over you? Just do what you say you're going to do. And do it when you say you're going to do it. All right? I like to talk with young people all the time. You want to honor your parents? You don't have to agree with them, but clean your room when they ask you to clean your room. You don't have to agree with them, but do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. Number two, what's the second one? Proactive. Be proactive. Let's all say that. Be proactive. Be proactive. I love this. As a, I, I have a, a side, I've mentioned this before. I have a little side business that I run. I, I help direct events. I love, because as a director and a producer of events, I have a bunch of people that have to work with me and under me that have to fulfill all the little tasks that take place. I love the people who are proactive. The person who's proactive is the one who anticipates the needs before they arise. I love working with those kind of people. As an overseer, I'm gonna promote that person first. Because they're the one that, that, that comes up and says, you know what, Kelly, I think this is going to happen. If we, if we don't move that cue line over there, somebody is going to trip over that and they're going to fall and then they're going to sue. So I'm going to go ahead and, you okay with me going over there and moving that? I'm like, absolutely yes. 
Thank you for being proactive. Thank you for seeing the need and doing something about it. Um, Back in the day, uh, the founder of our our movement, Amy Simple McPherson, um, she would do this with regularly with college graduates that went to Life Bible College. She would walk with them. Life Bible College existed in downtown Los Angeles. It was on the campus of Angeles Temple and, um, and Life Bible College right there in downtown LA by Echo Park. She would typically walk with students that were getting ready to graduate and she would walk from Angeles Temple across the courtyard towards the dorms. And she'd do this kind of like final interview with them. And she would ask them, so, so what did you get from life? How are you feeling? You're calling, et cetera, et cetera. She purposely made sure that there was trash, pieces of trash that were somewhere around the courtyard. And she purposely would walk across the courtyard interviewing them. If by the time she got to the other side of the courtyard and the student never noticed the trash and never picked up the trash she would reprimand them and say, I want you to meet with the dean because you're not ready yet for ministry. Pretty harsh, huh? Because she would say, if you can't see the need and be proactive about it, when you're out there and you're planting a church someplace, you won't see the need in your community and you won't be proactive about it. Be proactive. Now, of course, you know, the student that would be walking along and see the trash and pick it up. And word got out after a while, knowing that this walk was going to happen. So students were looking all around. Where's the truth? Yes. Yes, Sister Amy. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know. Be proactive. Anticipate the needs and offer service. I love when, when people who are working with me say, hey, how can I help? How can I help? That honors me. That honors me as a leader. Okay, third one. Because I want to wrap this up for the sake of time. Everybody say it. Number three. Okay, be trustworthy. You know what that means? To be worthy of trust. If you start talking bad about your boss to the other employees, guess what? You're not worthy of your boss's trust. You're not trustworthy. Don't be gossiping. Don't be, don't be talking ill of those who are overseeing you. Don't gossip. Be worthy of their trust. And it's hard. It is so hard because, yeah, so-and-so, this, this supervisor, that was a stupid call. And of course, you want to talk with the other. Wasn't that a stupid call? That was a stupid call. And he's a stupid boss. I could do better than him. And then you're, maybe you're promoted and now everybody's talking about you. Now you're the stupid boss. But if you're worthy of trust, and you don't jump into that, God will honor you for that and God will bless you. Number four, what's the next one? Be supportive. Be supportive. supportive. The way to honor those who are over you is this. Don't be a burden. Be supportive. Don't be a burden. Don't be an anchor. Don't be a weight on them. Help to move things forward. Be supportive. Last thing I want who, with people who are working with me are people who are dragging me down. And every time they're, they're more burden than they are help. You understand what I'm talking about? If you're, if you're a burden and you're not helping, then you're not honoring your leader. You're not honoring the person who's over you. Be supportive. Be a help. Don't be a burden. And lastly, for the sake of time, let's, what's the last one? 
Be optimistic. Yes, please, please, please be optimistic. No one likes a wet blanket. Wet blanket. Wet bl- <laughs> Bottle number two. No one likes a wet blanket. No one likes a pessimist. No one likes a critic all the time. I like to call those vampires. They're, 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 they're emotional suckers. And they're constantly, whenever we get into a situation, it's like, oh, well, yeah, this just isn't going to work. Yeah, I, I, we did that before, and that just isn't going to work. Those negative Nellies, those pessimistic people, if you want to honor your leader, be optimistic. Look for ways with, to have a positive attitude. Because a positive attitude is always more appreciated than a negative, critical complainer. Nobody likes to be around a complainer. Nobody likes to be around a critic. If you ever watch these movies, matter of fact, one of our favorite movies um, that my kids enjoyed growing up was a movie called Ratatouille. Anybody remember Ratatouille? Yeah, that Disney movie. Well, you know, there's this critic who's in the movie. He's this skinny, gaunt, white-looking guy, and he's always sitting by himself, and he's always on negative, drinking his wine. He's this critic. Nobody wants to be with him because he's a critic. He's negative. He's always criticizing. Of course he's by himself. Nobody wants to be around a critical, negative Nelly. Have an optimistic attitude, and it honors your leaders. So if you want to honor those who are above you, and I'm giving you guys, hey, young people, I'm giving you practical stuff for, for your jobs and older people. Be integrous, be proactive, be trustworthy, be supportive, and be optimistic. You do that, and you will honor those who are in authority over you. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Now, it can be hard. I'm going to close with this. It can be hard to honor authorities because they're human. They make mistakes. They're not perfect. They're going to make decisions that you don't agree with, especially when we feel like we're being mistreated un- or when we're fe- being treated unfairly. Start the honoring process by praying for them. By praying for them. Again, you don't have to agree, but you can start praying. You can start praying for them. Then it allows God to begin to do work in them and in you. Take a check, take a pulse check, take a heart check, because this is all about heart matters. How's your heart towards those who are above you? Can you honor them? Can you begin to at least start praying for them? Because when you do, you invite God into the situation and allow God to turn the heart of the king, because it's in the hand of the Lord. When we trust God with our situations and do what his word says, then we invite his blessing into the situation that he can begin to do miraculous things. Just like a Roman centurion who comes to Jesus and says, my, do- my, my servant is dying. Say the word. I'll honor you. And Jesus says, and I will honor you. And he reaches into that situation and does something supernatural. Thank you for listening. For more information, check out our website at wearerefinery.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram at wearerefinery. God bless.